Hi, I'm Tiffany Roberts, a recent college graduate, and this is the latest episode of Millennial Myths, a podcast dedicated to debunking the most common political myths among young Americans through a combination of on-the-street interviews, personal stories, expert analysis, and much more. Today, we're going to talk about the success sequence. The success sequence is the order of life events young adults can follow to reduce their likelihood of ending up in poverty. The order goes like this. First, you receive a high school degree, then you get a full-time job, and then get married before having kids. Data shows only 2% of people who follow this sequence land in poverty, and 86% of people end up in middle to upper class income brackets. I asked people on the streets what their thoughts were on the success sequence. Take a listen. In order to live a successful life, do you think people should hold a full-time job before getting married? I don't think that that's one of the most important things in development before getting married or like because being being mature, being able to handle a mature relationship is the most important part of like of being in a marriage. Having a full-time job is one of the ways to get there, but I don't think that it would be the best way to get there. I th- don't think that's relevant. I don't think people need to get married. I, I think that's a irrelevant question. I think it really just depends on the family. Um, I mean, I have a sister and she's never married, but her and her partner have two kids right now and I think they're doing very happy. Do you think people should wait until after marriage to have kids? I don't think people should be expected to either get married or have kids, so I don't really think it's relevant. Uh, in general, I'd probably say yes, because... Um, you really need to provide for them. I mean, you don't have to. You can do whatever you want. Do you agree with the success sequence? I mean, is it backed by research? Like, there's research that shows this? Yeah. Wow. Well, I think that, sure, it's a great formula for success, I think, it, but I don't think it's the only way you can achieve success. If following it is going to get me more money, then yeah. If you don't grow up with like a lot of discretionary income, you have the problem of just not being able to make those life choices, unfortunately. Uh, or like not being able to make those cho- choices when you want to. Don't go too far. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, heritage expert Charmaine Yost will join me to debunk the common millennial myths on the success sequence. Overwhelmed by the 24-7 news cycle? Looking for a way to keep up with the news that matters? The Daily Signal podcast brings you the top news of the day, plus interviews with lawmakers, authors, Heritage Foundation experts, and more on the most important policy debates in America today. If you're a conservative who wants to be on top of the news, check out the Daily Signal podcast, available every weekday morning. I am now joined by Dr. Charmaine Yost, Vice President of the Institute for Family, Community, and Opportunity at the Heritage Foundation. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for asking me. So in your own words, can you define what the success sequence is and why it works? So the success sequence is something that I think is particularly interesting because, as you know, in um, public policy and in if you're looking at social uh, social data, there's always a ideological divide between the right and the left, and you have have different opinions on you know how to improve things. When it comes to the success sequence, which is um, a definition of of how you succeed in life surprisingly, there isn't a disagreement. The data is really clear that if you graduate from high school, 
get a job and get married, you reduce your chances of being in poverty down to like 2%. So it's really kind of a, a great formulation to be able to tell young people, you know, yes, life can be big and bad and scary in some ways as you're trying to figure out what your future looks like. But if you boil it down to some tried and true and old fashioned advice about just some simple things, you know, it can kind of demystify life and say, graduate from high school, get a job, get married. It's it's very, it's, you know, obviously executing that is not always going to be easy, but it's it's simple. And I think that that's good to be able to give kids that advice. After doing a lot of research, I noticed there's a lot of critics of the success sequence. And many of them claim that it can't lift people out of poverty and people from upper income families have an advantage over people from lower income families. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think social structure matters? Well, you know, it's interesting. There's always going to be people who take pot shots, but the data is the data. And there isn't really a disagreement about what the data shows that the, these very simple things are are the way to succeed. And frankly, if you kind of let's disaggregate it, like who's going to argue about the fact that you do better if you graduate from high school? Who's going to argue about the fact that you do better if you get a job? Who's going to argue about the fact that, well, actually people do argue about marriage, obviously, as we, as we, as we know. But the data is very, very clear. And so it's, it's good to kind of string those things together to show people that there is a sequence of putting your life together. And I, I do think it's interesting, this question about socioeconomic status and um, resources. Look, I think it would be disingenuous to try to avoid the fact that people who have more financial resources um, – you know, there's a lot of things in life that are easier when you have more financial resources. Having said that, I also think it's important to transmit the knowledge that financial resources aren't everything. And that's partly what the success sequence is about, is saying that regardless of what your external circumstances are, there's choices that you can make that put um, put kind of a safety net around you. And that's what each one of these building blocks is, is that, okay, let's, let's say you don't have a lot of financial resources. The great thing about America is it is still the land of opportunity. Everybody has the opportunity to go to high school. And so if you apply yourself and study, you can graduate from high school. All right, you've checked that one off. Um, getting a job. Uh, we are really fortunate to live in a really booming economy right now. Unemployment is very low. You, you'll notice that in the success sequence, it doesn't say you have to get a great job. It just says get a job, you know, because there is something to be said for just working hard. Um, and the same with marriage. Marriage is... Um, can also be kind of mystified in many ways. Um, and the marriage rate has been declining because we have tended to make it into something that you put off until you have enough money and, or, you know, you've found your soulmate. And, and the success sequence is saying that marriage is a decision and pursuing a relationship that is a partnership for life and for tackling life together. That's a different mindset than um, kind of the stereotypical overly romantic way that we tend to approach it in this this era. Now when I look into my when I look at my own life it seems like I'm following the sequence really well so far. Very good. So <laughs> I'm wondering do you think other millennials are also following the sequence or is this something that's deemed as like, oh this is not the right way to go about life. Shouldn't people shouldn't have to follow the sequence? 
Well, the one that I'm particularly concerned about is marriage because the age of marriage has um, it just continues to rise. And so the median age of marriage for men now is 30. <laughs> That's really, really stunning when you think about it. Um, and for women, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit lower, twenty-seven or twenty-eight, I think. That's that's a lot of years of tackling the world alone. Um, and just the as I say that, I think there would be critics who would who would, you know, take some uh, take umbrage at that formulation of what being single is, but it is it is a particular way of looking at it. You know, there's there's less of an idea of marriage as being a support to you. Um, and you know, it it's not it's not meant to be a critique of people who are single. Obviously, you know, a lot of tough, resilient people out there. But again, if you look at it as the fact that being single in kind of a, a cold and alien world can be something that does require being super tough. Um, it's it's easier if you've got your family, your community, and um, and a spouse to help. Well, that's all I have for you. Thank you so much yeah, for joining me. Very glad. And thanks for asking these questions. They're, they're super important. And, you know, going to your point about, you know, this generation and how they think about the success sequence, just the fact that we focus on this and ask these questions and, uh, and look at it is, is, is countercultural. That's it for this week's episode of Millennial Myths. In the meantime, please subscribe and share with hashtag Millennial Myths. And please leave a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week. Millennial Myths is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It's executive produced by Tiffany Roberts with support from Michelle Cordero, Lauren Evans, Valia Rampersad, and Mark Guiney. For more information, visit heritage.org. Heritage.